Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, producer of Fresh Art International. Today we feature a conversation recorded during my residency in Amsterdam. On the day I arrived, I met artist Remy Jungerman quite by chance on the sidewalk outside his studio. I soon discovered that he's an artist from Suriname. His small country sits on the northeast coast of South America. It's a former Dutch colony with a rich and interesting history. Suriname is a place I knew not much about until I started looking at Remy's art. Though he's been living in the Netherlands for more than 20 years, I see both Europe and Africa in his work. So I asked him, what was it like to study art in his home country? Being born and raised in Suriname didn't have much influence in my work because those days we were educated at art school and the whole context was actually based on the development in modernism in what happened in Europe in uh, contemporary art those days. I think afterwards I start to think more about aesthetics which do come from the surrounding I was raised and born. And I think afterwards that start influencing my work. But in the beginning, I was very much focused on what happened actually in the West. A recurring theme in your work is religion and ritual. Tell mm. me about that. That theme also came into my work the last seven years, maybe I can say. And it came because I have a fascination actually for uh, the aesthetics of uh, Afro-religions. Remy explains why he's drawn to African altars and ritual objects. I'm taken by that kind of aesthetics in African religion. Uh, uh, and which is also a practice in Suriname from uh, people from African descendants who came to Suriname as slaves. And what's important also in my connection is that I, in, I was born also from a Maroon called Bros, Captain Bros, who fought for his freedom in the Suriname rainforest. And until today, there is a ritual place in Suriname, a physic altar, where there are still ancestral rituals. So by being part of these activities and looking at a religion in an aesthetic form, that does influence my work nowadays. I've been doing a wall, I call them altar pieces, which are wall installations, existing of, of a grid. And on that grid, I put a shelf. Mm -hmm. And on top of the shelf, I add elements which you might connect to the African religion as bottles and this sort of elements. And in that way, I try to uh, make a piece, make an art piece, which is on its own but in a certain level connected to religion. I'm also working with collage, 
paper collage and in the paper collage I'm also adding elements which do come from this specific religion and sometimes it's not only uh, uh, the Surinamese uh, Afro religion which is called Winti. I also add elements of Fudu which is connected to Haiti. I've been traveling in Africa searching for the real Fudu thing. I've been to the roots of Fudu in Benin and uh, those elements of those things I saw during my journey are also aesthetic elements in my collage and my wall installations I call altar pieces. We talk about modernist geometry and the grid patterns in clothing worn during ritual ceremonies back home. I'm connecting it with modernism and modernism is actually the strict uh, grid form or abstract geometric forms which has been used by artists like Mondrian and uh, the grids actually are, are originally they are patterns of cloth people wear during rituals. Lately I've been doing for instance silk screens which are based on, uh, on uh, cloth which large abstract geometric forms which the Surinamese Maroons has been used as cloth dressed into and they've made them themselves. They are, uh, or I think, originated in quilts from, from Africa. We talked about the fact that at one point in your career you felt that your work was just appreciated for being work, mm. good work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then at a point in the Netherlands there passed a law to provide more opportunities for the diasporan artist, mm, I believe. Yeah. And you noted how everything changed when they made a distinction mm. in yeah. Well, I think yeah. art from yeah. other artists in yeah. Amsterdam. I think that's a, a colonial residue or something, I think, in the fact that before uh, 2000, work was born when I say our work is of artists with a Surinamese background who've been educated also in Holland, maybe sometimes even were born here. But at that time you were just good artists and the museum, Stalic Museum bought your work. People were interested in what you're doing. Until a moment a change came and they give the the diaspora artists a sort of to make them kind of special, but at that time you were already special, you don't need it to become special. But by doing that, it makes a change in, your, in our development in the sense that people start to think that you're good because of the political influences. So I felt that there was one step backwards. But nowadays I believe that actually if you continue doing your work, at the end people will say, will see the quality of it. And during that period of time, it gave me also a possibility to, to think about that, what's happening, why it is what it is, and how come you're always being an artist who is sometimes in the chains of politics here in Holland. And then I realized that I'm an artist who's, who come from abroad in here. 
And in my culture or context, there's only a connection to a Western uh, development in the art scene. But in elements I'm using in my work, there's no reference. There is no modern art written out of a Surinamese or our African context. So the only reference you do is connecting modernism, connecting Europe, the development in European art. So that's maybe why I also decide to, to work on this reference, to find ways to uh, how you uh, uh, create your own history, even that has not been written. That was the sound of a toad mating ceremony. Toads were a part of the natural environment where Remy grew up. It turns out that toads can be inspiring. In Suriname, a couple of years ago, Remy created a public art installation in his hometown featuring 21 knee-high toads. Well, a toad is it's a memory since my childhood. And toads were uh, things which were always there in your natural surrounding. But when I grew up as a child, I was always protecting this toad because friends were throwing stones at toads or whatever or blew them up and oh. are kind of protecting them in the sense like you should not kill the toad because God's going to punish you. I always remember that and also got a nickname because of the fact I was protecting toads. <laughs> <laughs> but if, uh, what, what was your nickname? Like Talapi in, and they said like Gado Austrafuyu. And that's the Suriname language, which means God is going to punish you. I was fortunate to do a residency, to do this specific residency in Suriname, at, in the place Mungo, which is 100 kilometers from Paramaribo. And it happened to be that I was born and raised in this place. So for me, it was... Uh, ah, they asked me to do an uh, outdoor installation during my residency period of three months. And the idea came to do 21 toads. I, I built them out of concrete. I made them more. I made them first in clay, made them more, and then cast 21 toads, uh, which are at on a specific location in Suriname. And well, I felt great about this uh, outdoor installation because I felt like for me, myself, it's a monument. And it's also a once a lifetime chance you're getting to build a piece in, your, uh, in the place you were born. At first, Remy wasn't sure if the community would like his project. In the beginning, I was afraid of the fact that how people are going to uh, interpret this piece. Are they going to be afraid of because in the toad there's the evil spirit. At the same time, the toad also has a wealth, has an idea of bringing people wealth, bringing them more money. And in Chinese uh, culture, you have the Feng Shu, which is the money frog. And this idea also played a role in Suriname culture, is that people who had 
a good business. People thought that they were growing a toad in their house and it turned out to be a big, large toad. And we always want to see this toad. So with my brothers, we always went in the backyard of these people, but never, nobody ever saw this toad. So this is also this idea of mythology. mythology. And by doing this toad, it's also like giving a face to that, to the myth. A symbol of good fortune in the neighborhood and the site of ceremonial photos, Remy's toads are on their way to becoming real. Or across the area, I put people were selling watermelons and they had like great business because there are many people coming to see the toads. And nowadays I heard also that there are people going there to do their uh, married pictures. Their photos for their wedding. The photos. wedding, wedding uh, photos. <laughs> so I prepared. I made the toads and then I washed them with blue water, which is a pigment, the blue ultramarine pigment called blouse, which people use in a whitewash to whiten the cloth. In the winter religion, they use it also to protect against the evil spirit. So I washed them first with blue pigment liquid. And then I, I, I give them another layer of kaolin. Kaolin is it's a kind of clay for porcelain. And by doing that, I sort of give them a, I made a ritual by adding the liquid. And what's going to happen now, the rain is going to wash the, the white and the blue away. But for sure, there will be areas on the frog where the rain don't reach. So I think what's going to happen in five years, this toad is going to be real in the sense that there are mushrooms going to grow on top of it and there will be white parts. So it will be very colorful toad in five to ten years. And I can see one outside the window of your studio that you're keeping an eye on to test what happens to the frog in the weather. Mm. And I love seeing that outside. Well, you see, like I see, I see this toad daily. It's one I made here in Holland because I'm kind of think how it's gonna react because the climate here is very different, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward for the snow and how it's gonna be there. And this toad also changes color all the time when it rains; it's dark mm-hmm. because of the concrete uh, skin. Yeah, a and toad for all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kathy Bird. You've been listening to Fresh Talk with Remy Jungermann. Remy's work will be featured in Prospect 3, the 2014 International Biennial that opens this fall in New Orleans. To find out more about Prospect 3, visit our site to hear the episode with curator Franklin Sermons. To learn more, visit freshartinternational.com If you like this episode, please let us know on Instagram or Twitter at FreshArtINTL. Help us grow by rating and reviewing Fresh Art International on iTunes. You'll find us anywhere you go for podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.